ScalePad has been acquiring companies in rapid succession and is building some kind of new MSP platform. So what is it and where are they going? Led by MSP veteran Dan Wensley, they clearly have a vision of the future, as Dan's been in the space long enough to know. You might not know he was once my boss, and even before that, I was a customer of his. We sat down at IT Nation Connect 2023 for a freewheeling discussion, and this episode was recorded live during that event. This is a bonus episode of The Business of Tech. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Dave Sobel here with another bonus episode of The Business of Tech. Today, I'm talking with Dan Wensley, the CEO of ScalePad. Dan, thanks for joining me. It's uh, look forward to the conversation here today, Dave. You and I go back a little ways and uh, know a lot about the industry. Look forward to sharing some. Well, I got to even start with that. So, because I was a customer when during the Level Platforms days, and then you hired me in as uh, to run community for Level Platforms. Yes. So we have worked together and had the customer relationship. I've been watching what you're doing at ScalePad, and I'm watching acquisition after acquisition. And I got to ask, what's the vision of what you're building? Because it looks from the outside, you're building a new kind of MSP platform, and I can't quite put my finger on it. So we're going to start with the, the nice, easy layup question. I, I go right for it, man. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Um, well, they, like you, you mentioned, our, our background and your history in the industry, and and one of the reasons why I was so in intrigued to work with you back in the level platforms days, much before hiring you as a part of community, which you did a great job of, is sort of the shared vision we had on the value and the relationship between the vendor, the product, the the partner, the MSP as they evolve, and most importantly, the end user client. Um, so really, some of those visions that that you and I discussed even prior to working together, and some of the things that we evangelized during the early days of adoption of RMM and obviously we're here at, at an event for the P celebrated the PSA uh, from from its original form those foundational operational items have remained in place for the 20 years I think this is the 19th year here at night at uh, IT nation I've met, been at all but one of them and it's been incredible to see sort of the evolution but there's been real consistency in some of the themes and what we're doing here at ScalePad is sort of a continuation of those early days of themes of automation and standardization and strengthening the client relationship and strengthening the operational maturity of the MSP themselves. So is the focus around the productivity layer and above? Is it, th where are you, are you thinking about the way they run operations? Like kind of what's the North Star that you think about where you want to invest and improve? It's, it's actually both ends of the spectrum. It's internal and external. Uh, we really saw an opportunity to expand the opportunity, the value proposition down to the end user via the MSP. You and I discussed this in the early days of developing the QBR strategy and how do I show value to my customer if I stop doing you know on-site work because they don't see me as much. So if I'm using the PSAs and the RMMs correctly, I'm going to lose touch with the customer. So that, again, has been an intrinsical part 
part of all the things that we've evolved over the last 20 years. But then we talk about internal operation of the tech, the utilization rates, the service levels that they're delivering. How do you get operationally efficient internally? So I think you can't just choose one of those and be successful. You we are really looking to strive to help an MSP operate and know their business better than they have before and then extend that value really to the end user and let them extract bigger value than they ever have before as well. So when you think about ScalePad and its relationship to an IT services firm or an MSP, like where do you think the core value of what you deliver is? We really centered around four things, um, and a few of them I've touched on already. Uh, no matter now that we are six SaaS products, three services, we have a community that is being developed by you know Luis Girolo, we both know really well. Uh, we do a lot in the event tour and the education side. We've centered all of it, and you'll see consistency. Although we've acquired applications in very diverse segments of the market, or swim lanes from cybersecurity to business intelligence to asset management and QBR and backup monitoring, you're seeing a consistent theme that we're pushing out of ScalePad, which is A, that what I've talked about, internal value and external value to your client, but also built around those four themes. Help you automate manual tasks, get more out of automation, standardization. And standardization, not just standardize your tech stack and standard up, but standardize your service delivery and your value to your customers. Strengthen those relationships with your customers. Strengthen your operational maturity internally. And last but not least, and maybe most importantly, is increase. Increase profitability, increase operational efficiency, increase maturity, increase satisfaction of your employees, of your customers. So we call it the ASCII framework, and it does apply to all of the applications that we deliver at ScalePad today. So implied in that, right, is when you talk automation, we would not, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, well, that's completely linking to AI. And it's the one thing you haven't talked about yet from the outside, but I think I see a blurry vision. Tell me a little bit about where you're thinking about as you think about that the automation and how AI applies. AI is, as with all disruptive technologies or emerging technologies, it is disruptive and counterproductive in the early days. We get focused on it, we went through it in RMM, we went through it in PSA, we went through it in cloud, we went through it in virtualization. So the first thing we don't want to do is, is allow the theme or the hype cycle around AI to cloud the value we're delivering to customers. That said, we also see a great opportunity if we do it right and focus on what can we get out of AI? What can we get out of that layer of automation and impact all of our products for our customers? That would be the most empowered. And running now nine development teams, if we allowed them all to go out and try to take advantage of AI independently, I'd have nine teams running around trying to develop AI efficiently, which is can't happen. Um, so we've really looked at, at, again, from the platform, from ScalePad, now that we're a multi-product company, how can we look at applying AI diversely across all of our product suites? So we're investing a lot in AI, but we're doing it in an incubator and allowing AI to be then allow that benefit of the, our AI development to be taken advantage of by the product managers of all the products that we offer. So as, as we're thinking about AI, one of the big things that I've been talking about on the show a lot is the idea of frameworks and how to apply those. And we've got, you know, here in the US, uh, the Biden executive order has ordered a lot of investment in frameworks. The EU is rolling out there, you know, they're still working out their particular version. Canada's got a new version of this. But one of the directives is to have businesses think about the way that they're going to 
build frameworks around usage, what responsible AI looks like. What are you thinking about as you're considering those applications of AI, the use of frameworks at ScalePad? Yeah, well, frameworks are vitally important to some of the things we're doing. It's one of the reasons we acquired Control Map because it's framework management. And I think the the conversation that is happening around AI globally, as you mentioned, is an important one. So first and foremost, we need to stay aware and abreast of, of all of those conversations, participate in them, listen to them. We've thought about it a lot internally on how we would apply operationally AI into now six SaaS products. Um, what, what impact would it have? on our business, what impact would it have on our partner's business? And one of the things we've done, Dave, is uh, I can't have nine development teams having nine different conversations about it. So one of the initial framework decisions we made as an organization was let's incubate AI. Let's incubate it as its own development team for all of our SaaS products to take advantage of AI without sidetracking nine different development organizations to all trying to be taking a different tact on AI. So first thing we wanted to do was sort of standardize the group, the thought process, and how we're going to do it. So at least we know that as a platform, we're going to be applying it in a consistent way across all of our applications. Now, you brought up the, the, the fact that we worked together a long time. And one of the interesting things about being in this as long as we've had is we, we there was an original vision of kind of the manage everything, touch everything, work with everything. There's an argument to be make that we've achieved that vision. When we when we look out at the, well, you know, the people we talk to, the MSPs that we work with, they've kind of done the stuff that we'd set out to do initially. So as you think about the, the, the next so two, three, four years, what do you think the new growth area is beyond the manage all the stuff? Right. Where, where's next for where solution providers need to be thinking about? Yeah, it's been an interesting journey as, as you and I help this market evangelize and, and turn from break fix to remote to recurring revenue models and new service delivery models, we thought it was the end of commoditization. You know, it wasn't about, hey, I, I charge $150 an hour and you charge $300 or, or get over price battles because managed services was supposed to be the answer. Look where we are. We're now kind of down to that uh, commoditization, to your point. And have we hit sort of a glass ceiling around managed services? What is the new? And I think to our earlier conversation, this is where we have to get even better in showing value to the customer. And it's not as simple as the QBR, vitally important. That's been an evolution onto itself in the last decade, uh, but really it's showing more value in the technologies. And we've talked about it, but have we delivered it all the way from a vendor to an MSP down to the customer, customer portals, um, customer val own validation, the ability to know how you're doing and giving them their own measurement for the MSP provider. I think that's vitally important. I, th I think we have a long runway ahead of us in that area. To your second part around the technology, we had I've done some meetings just th this week and even introducing new staff members to this industry they think documentation was always a part of the MSP operation or RMM is a standard and PSA. There's still break-fix organizations adopting those technologies. So not only do I think we have a bit of runway still in the foundation of MSP, we have an incredible runway. AI is, is the hype cycle example of that today. Uh, but I think even the technologies that are available that work in, and we talk about integration, Dave, but 
we're integrating to a certain level. Are we integrating to show incremental value or do they just kind of work together? So I think that's the next opportunity we have ahead of us. So I think you're a fellow student of this industry, right? We spent a lot of time thinking about it. My favorite line is that. And so I want to ask you your take on a working premise that I've got to get a little, little bit of a sense. So one of the things that's been interesting to happen in the past two or three years is what I'm calling the difference between the haves and the have nots in this space. For the first time in the service leadership data, we've actually seen PE backed MSPs starting to outperform the average typical ones. If I go back two or three years, the data showed that they were about the same, but in the latest report, those PE backed guys are accelerating. What that's telling me is, is that we've got a group at the top that are getting really, really good at this. <laughs> and we know examples of that. I've had them on the, certain ones on the show. These are guys that are you know, serious operations that we're not just talking about, you know, one, two, $10 million businesses. These are $100 million, $200 million, $300 million. But we still have this gap of the, you know, we have the ones at the bottom. But increasingly, uh, my premise is, is that we've got a squeeze in the middle. There's not nearly as many in that middle band, and it's actually going to cause a bit of a choke point in growth overall. What's your take on that premise? So you mean there's a middle band of folks not going upstream or downstream? Well, there's actually just less in the middle now. Like there's the guys at the top that are growing and getting bigger and swallowing everything up. And then we've got another population and there's less of these mid-size organizations, which in a way we do need to have both for the big guys to to continue to grow and for the smaller ones to grow into. Yeah. So a couple of things. and, And again, we talked about this early days, consolidation of the marketplace. Everybody's now that you could do remote work, you didn't need to be just or couldn't could be more than just a regional IT service provider. You could go statewide. You could go national because the technology was there to do it. It's taken well over a decade to get there. But now I think we're those early conversations that we had a decade ago, we're starting to actually see them come to light. And I think you're also right that the, the ones who have gone national, who have acquired other businesses to do that, have also matured in operation and, and done the best in class. We're both students of, of <laughs> Paul Dipple and service leadership and Gary Peak and all the early days of, of the peer groups who were setting the, the benchmark. But it's hard to apply those as a small medium business, right? You can take in the theory, but actually making it work to get the desired outcome is arguably harder for a small MSP because you're fighting fires half the time. Um, where the larger ones can put those people in place to, to do the work while they're maturing it. We've gone through it as a business. For this is my fourth business where I've come in in around 20 people size organization. We're now 220. But I've been able to accelerate our maturity as an operation the larger we've got. It's been an interview you think in a smaller organization you can get mature because there's just a few of you to talk to or talk about it and implement it. But in fact, a larger organization allows you to actually elevate that maturity level. So I think you're right. I don't know that the, the market of that middle point has shrunk. I think the big ones have definitely got bigger and obviously they've taken some of that up with them. Uh, but the market, as far as I can see, is still you know, incredibly solvent and still incredibly vibrant in that, in that middle layer. Are they getting bigger? I think they absolutely are. But I think that's the premise you and I had 10, 15 years ago that that needed to be the natural outcome. So what's the what's the market factor that you worry about? Like, is it, is it rising inflation rates? Is it, yes. you know, is it cash? Is <laughs> yes. it like, like, what's the one that you worry about most? I really worry about uh, ensuring that the 
technology doesn't become, and, and frankly, the end user themselves, uh, are they going to get so savvy that the value of, of what we're doing is diminished? But the counterpoint to that is the technology is moving so quickly in all aspects, you would never expect an end user to keep up with that. So many say, oh, you know, the kids of today and they grew up in technology. It doesn't mean they're going to want to learn about the next evolution of cloud or AI and apply it to their business. So I, I think our insulator to that is something like AI. Every hype cycle we've gone through, Dave, it's said this is the end of the channel. <laughs> Right? And it's been the exact opposite. It's been the accelerator to the channel. I think AI is going to be a great example of that because it'll take IT service providers' ability to explain AI to the end user and how to leverage it again. So what keeps me up at night is uh, not having enough years left in me to see this all the way through. This is my 19th IT nation, and I'm loving it, but I'd love to see where the next 20 years does take us. Well, the interesting thing is, is I, my basic idea has always been that I think the value of delivery good advice to small and mid-sized businesses about how to apply technology is a core value that's not going away. What I think may change is entry point. And I want to ask you a little bit about this because you work with a, a, a large number of partners, so may actually see a little bit more of this. We've got a lot of partners that have been around a long time, but in the past four or five years, again, we're seeing the foundation of new MSPs at an increasing rate. That actually, those numbers have been going down yeah. through around 2016, okay. but starting in 2016, there's been more and more new service provider businesses found. My theory, but I don't have enough data on it yet, is, is that actually a lot of these new businesses are also founded by younger owners that have a different take. You work with a lot of partners. What are you seeing in terms of like the, the attitude and the age of the founders that are coming in? It's a great point. I think, I, I think we're seeing our second cycle of this. Um, the early days of MSP, the best in class, were not the traditional IT service providers who've been doing it for 25 years who are making the transition from break fix to, to manage services because that was hard. They had to bring their customers along for that ride. They had to bring their, their whole organizations internally along for that ride. It was actually easier for somebody to come in, and we know some of these names ourselves, to come in and say, okay, I understand managed service. I understand taking advantage of this technology. I understand remote work, and I'm not carrying the baggage of having had a relationship with a customer doing it a different way for the last decade. And they accelerated. I think we're seeing the same thing again now with AI and with taking new, new advantage of the new technologies that are out here built in the cloud because that wasn't around when we started this either and taking advantage of all of those things and they can actually accelerate but good news those who are the legacy it doesn't mean they get left behind it means they actually get pulled along with that and, and are shown and, and maybe enticed to move a little faster where maybe that wouldn't be in their DNA so if, if I'm getting a pulse of where you're going, like, are there particular gaps in the market that intrigue you right now? Like, are, are you looking at that and say, like, there's something that I think we could do better at that you think we should spend some more time on? Yes, I, I think that's that's a basic on um, the thesis of what we're doing at ScalePath. You got to remember, we started as a warranty lookup tool. So, you know, you and I were in emerging technology in RMM. I did emerging technology in Linux. I did emerging technology in 
and password and security with password. So looking initially at a company that was delivering warranty lookups wasn't really the my in my DNA or my history. Um, what was incredible is when you peeled back the onion on the technology on the platform and what's really important on the data collection, the aggregation, big data was a hype cycle for a short period of time around here, but it's still valid. So the value of that big data combined with artificial intelligence and what we can extract out of that to deliver value, that's been sort of the goal and the vision all the way back to the the, the warranty master days here at ScalePad. And to your question, we really saw a couple of swim lanes, as we call them, technology areas that were being underserviced and weren't accelerating and being as innovative as they could be. And those are the acquisitions that we went out and looked for. Business intelligence, absolutely. We did that with Cognition 360. Uh, you know, compliance and, and GRC around what we did with Control Map, incredibly valuable. It's been just well ahead of expectations on the growth cycle on that. Um, even, even the Lifecycle Insights acquisition we did, our asset management was our DNA. And we went out and some said, oh, you bought a competitor. We didn't. We actually bought somebody who equally saw the opportunity around asset management and the data, but had really done a great job looking at the value to the end user and how to do that virtual CIO and communication piece where we traditionally had done the data side. So putting those together was double the power. So we saw innovation in all of those areas. Our latest one with Quoter is just a 2.0 version of not only closing the loop on the asset management lifecycle, but also doing quoting it in a new and unique way. And we announced and bought them a couple days after they announced contract management, which is really where the crux of, of that opportunity is with, with the quota acquisition. Well, you brought up the data, so I'd be remiss if I didn't didn't ask. Sure. I don't think I haven't noticed how much interesting data is starting to appear, to be in the back end of ScalePad. But you, when you talked about it just a moment ago, you actually sort of said that there's nine development teams. How much of this is, is you starting to think about bringing those together for a common data platform? Uh, that is the vision. That is the, the there vision. is no question. There, the opportunity to take all of these and make them work together. We're we're not a, we're not a company just buying cool technologies that we think are innovative and allowing them to sit in a silo. That is not the not the vision. Uh, we want to take advantage of those swim lanes, but make them work together. So the best example I can give you is, and I, we you know we had to prove this to ourselves as a company. Um, and the first thing we did was when we bought Backup Radar is did an integration not only of the billing and the transaction and the, that all that sort of table stakes for the MSP, although not all do it, uh, should be table stakes for, for you know multi-product vendors. But we made a feature of Backup Radar resident inside our asset tool. So as Backup Radar monitors all the backups, 300 backup vendors and so on, it actually isn't able to say, hey, that asset should have a backup applied to it. Nobody's noticed that. So I'm monitoring all the backups you're giving me, but there's one that should have a backup. We're able to identify that in our asset management tool. So those two products now working together, that's shared data. So we're pushing out a lifecycle manager, the data, hey, you, you, this backup needs to be looked at because there isn't one applied to it. So that's going to be the fun part of getting all of these new technologies talking to each other across the data layers and sharing information. And that's where, back to your original question around AI, 
where our ScalePad Labs team is looking at, okay, how do we build some cool integrations that allow that data to, to flow across all the applications? Well, Dan, that was what I was looking for, so I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you being both generous with your time today, but also generous with your time over the course of my career. And I really appreciate it. Loved having you on the show. So thanks for joining Thank me. you, Dave. Great to see you. <laughs> the Business of Tech is written by me, Dave Sobel, under ethics guidelines posted at businessof.tech. This episode was edited and produced by Picture This Video. If you like the content, please make sure to hit that like button and follow and subscribe. It's the free and easy way to support the show and help us grow. You can also check out our Patreon, where you can join the Business of Tech community at patreon.com slash mspradio, or buy our Why Do We Care merch at businessof.tech. Finally, if you're interested in advertising on the show, visit mspradio.com slash engage. Thanks for listening today, and I will talk to you again on the next episode of The Business of Tech. Part of the MSP Radio Network.